We're here at InterSolar 2019, Europe's largest gathering of solar and battery storage professionals. So we're midway through InterSolar now, so probably the best time to have a quick catch up and see what some of the biggest trends and, and themes that we've seen coming up. I'm here with um, Andy Holthorpe, our Energy Storage News Editor. Yeah. What's, what's, um, what's, what's caught your interest? What's, cool. What's going uh, on? Thanks, Liam. Hi there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so we've both been separately wandering the show. Liam looking at solar, utility supply, energy transition issues. And I'm looking at energy storage, but not just energy storage. So the ESS, Electrical Storage System portion of the show, which is dubbed EES Europe, confusingly, Electrical Energy Storage Europe, um, it's the biggest it's been right. so far, you know. In the past couple of years, you had a lot of big stands, a lot of big launches, hype, marketing, not necessarily going to name any names, but, you know, there's, uh, and they're, they're not here anymore, some yeah. of those big flashy players, let's say. And there's more of an emphasis, but that's not to say, you know, at the same time, there's more providers. Mm. Um, what they're doing is a lot more focus on actual business yeah you know they've had that market seeding phase of getting their brand known um, yeah and things are really uh, actually starting to get towards what you might hope to call a business as usual scenario right I guess yeah yeah, yeah I think that that stems on from a lot of the conversations that certainly I've been having mm -hmm. is that it's there's a definite growing sense of maturity in, in, in the industry mm -hmm. so much more activity going forward, um, there's a lot of research and development going on, mm -hmm. there's a lot of innovation and now it's a case of bringing that stuff to market right. and really letting the technology do its stuff. It's the combination of solar and storage as well sure. that a lot of people are talking about. So I think increasingly a lot of the technological issues that impact on storage also obviously going to impact on solar as well. Mm. Uh, and then I guess the other really big piece is the role within that of uh, you know data, software, yeah. analytics. So. There's, there's just just so many different areas of the technology, you know, so we're gonna try and keep it, keep it as a, a bit of a focused chat, you know, for now. So just to give you an example, we've spoken uh, with SolarEdge over the last couple of days. Uh, they will be launching their own battery systems, having um, bought Kokum, South yeah. Korean battery manufacturer of high power cells. Yeah. In solar, you've seen mono versus multi, yada, yada, yada. Um, here at the moment, it seems to be lithium ion phosphate versus uh, NMC, nickel, manganese, cobalt. Yeah. Um, there's plenty of dynamics in that. Yeah, it's a big uh, big topic of interest in the UK market. One. A huge one, yeah. Uh, in the UK as well, yeah. right? Yeah, okay. it's, it's okay. starting to really come to the fore. Different different battery technologies being adopted by different players, different right. developers, right. Um, and basically for completely different reasons as well. So sure. it's quite interesting sure. to see how that, how that plays. I mean, yeah, this is one of the uh, kind of privileges, but also the curse of being a journalist <laughs> is that being honest with you, there's a lot of stuff yeah. that Liam's teasing at and hinting at that hopefully we'll be bringing out on the yeah, site. It's, 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 definitely the something, it's definitely something that we'll be covering. Next few in, weeks, yeah. so yeah. And I mean, from my point of view, actually, um, something I've been asking the storage guys, but um, is about the role of energy storage within subsidy-free solar. Obviously, the storage guys are keen to, to plug what they're doing, no pun intended, like within that, sorry, <laughs> within that area. Um, but at the same time, actually, it's probably fairer if I ask someone who's you know deeply immersed in solar. Yeah. Um, what's your kind of view? Because, I mean, we've seen in the UK, like, um, the large subsidy-free solar, was it Clayhill? Clayhill, yeah. Is that the one? So batteries were a big part of that. Yeah. Does that tally with what you've been seeing? Um, I think... Looking specifically at the UK market, um, there seems to be some kind of split in between the, where the investment lies and now we're seeing far more solar applications for 
subsidy free plants come through right not right. necessarily with solo attached at the moment mm -hmm. but definitely something that's, that's perhaps a longer term place so two or three years they might be retrofitted rather than being deployed now right, um, right. the biggest one uh, that, that currently is going on is um, the Cleve Hill project on the Kent coast. Okay. That's going to be sort of 350 megawatts and battery storage is an enormous part of that. Right. I know for uh, having spoken to Hive Energy and Versal, the developers that attach it, they've, they've not really made any decision on the uh, battery technology yet. Right. So they're looking at it very much as a wait and see kind of thing. By the time they get around to developing it, right. Uh, right. looking like next year that it will start development, right. um, then they might make their decision. I mean, I guess probably the, the applications that that battery will serve yeah. will have a big bearing not only on the technology chosen, but also on the duration of storage, yeah. whether it's going to be for short-term sort of grid balancing opportunities mm. and taking advantage of a cheaper grid connection yeah. through co-location. So yeah, essentially we're saying that the co-location business case with solar is yeah. developing within Europe. Yeah, and, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a gradual process, definitely, and it's one that's certainly emerging towards the conclusion i'd say i think now i think you'll start to see people put sure. together these business plans mm -hmm. uh, make mm -hmm. it work and within probably three four years i think right. is, is what they're saying right yeah and i mean i think something that applies across all the scales and something that i've heard through uh, you know some talks with analysts today is that you know we hear a lot about the falling costs of the technology sure. which is vital obviously you know it's something yeah. we've enjoyed and seen in solar over years and years, but actually on the other side of the equation, it's raising and recognizing the value yeah. that these services can provide, right? So yeah. the solar arbitrage kind of load shifting opportunity isn't quite there yet. Yeah, that's fair. That said, you know, um, network balancing, for example, and grid balancing sure. is the big opportunity. In the UK, there's a lot around the balancing mechanism. National grids, um, as the country's um, electricity system operator, um, obviously runs quite a few markets mm -hmm. um, in how they procure this fl the flexibility that they need essentially right. or the or spare capacity or mm -hmm. reserve capacity rather um, capacity market still has something of a dark cloud hanging over it um, okay. with the European Union um, investigation into right. how it was started basically mm -hmm. um, there is still auctions happening but mm -hmm. no payments can be made so mm. for an owner of a battery storage system fact that you might not get paid right. obviously is going to have a bearing on the right. impact so there's now a shift in focus towards the balancing mechanism which is a slightly different uh, framework mm -hmm. uh, but one that ultimately is, is attracting a lot of interest not right. and that's from um, batch storage owners and aggregators from across the scale so if you look, have a look at someone like Lime Jump mm -hmm. who are you aggregator based out of London that recently been purchased by Shell mm -hmm. they're dipping in with all kinds of systems all, and um, all kinds of scales right yeah okay yeah and I mean, you know, raising that, that value of storage, I mean, it's an issue at the residential scale as sure. well, right? Yeah, 100%. Um, so yeah, I mean, we've seen a lot of movement towards, I mean, you just mentioned Shell. Yeah. Um, Shell uh, took over Sonnen, they took over Lime Jump, they took over <laughs> so many acquisitions. <laughs> yeah. Actually, let's just say shorthand for Shell is on, on a, you know. On, on the drive. Yeah, and you know, on the solar side, we've seen providers like Q-Cells, obviously mm -hmm. module manufacturer, solar edges of power optimizers, inverters, yeah. and that sort of thing. Actually moving towards being kind of either holistic suppliers of equipment, yeah. or actually going into the energy supply business themselves, right? Yeah, I think yeah, the, yeah. Well, certainly one of the more interesting things that um, I've seen this week um, is the Q-Cells um, Q Energy and Q Cloud system, right. where essentially they they're saying now that if you've got solar and storage, 
um, installed on your house, you'd probably use about 70%, give or take, roughly. Um, with this Q Cloud system, they can bring it up to 100%. Right. So 100% renewable power, 100% generated by you. So that's a pretty significant step. Um, right. Q Cloud's coming out in a couple of weeks. Uh -huh. um, Germany, only just to start with, before moving um, into the DAC region, but right. they're, they're holding no punches. They, they reckon they can roll the system out across Europe. Yeah, so yeah. That, that'll be a really, that's something to watch and probably be a part of a much more significant and wider trend towards solar companies, battery storage companies, really cracking this energy supply equation, making it work and right. rolling out systems and services that probably you wouldn't associate with a technology manufacturer. Right, yeah, okay. And you know, moving moving from there, we're going straight into the EV space as well. Sure. There's a lot more providers with EVs, you know, and uh, a lot more of the battery companies and solar companies are providing sort of solutions for EV charging yep. and stuff like that. And you know, there's I think there's a real excitement because the residential market, you know, it's kind of in, in a lot of people's heads, it's dependent on nice eco-conscious but ultimately people with a bit of money to spare yeah. who need somewhere efficient to put that money right and uh, with some of these business models we've got a real potential for actually just seeing this stuff deployed at scale yeah. you know hopefully yeah. in a lot of places right yeah yeah, yeah. i think yeah. there's there's huge drives throughout europe um mm -hmm. to really ramp up this ev charging infrastructure um it's there's a, certainly a lot of policy and regulation which is shaping that, mm -hmm. um, and there's calls for a lot of that regulation to be far more ambitious. Right. But you look at some of the how the how the economics are shaping up. Yeah. Um, some new forecasts came out recently, which suggest that the cost of actually owning and operating a, um, a electric vehicle is going to be a lot cheaper than um, a conventional fuel uh, mm -hmm. vehicle mm -hmm. by as early as next year. So that is only going to be a significant driver for EV adoption, and it's going to need the charging infrastructure to be there in place. And you know, obviously, while we're going through the scales, um, there's the commercial and industrial sector, which you know we've left it almost to last here, but mm. it's probably the one that's the most immediate opportunity to a lot of people, right? Yeah, so. something you've been saying, and that is the combination of solar and storage yeah. in so many circumstances, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think um, you're seeing a lot of appetite mm. with uh, not necessarily just large corporates. We've seen. Um, Tesco, huge UK supermarket, um, and Amazon really, really look into that at the moment. We've, yeah. we've seen projects come through for them, um, but it, it, it's not just the big companies that can now do this because mm. it works on a on such an economic scale. This is it, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's what I really love about it actually mm. is the fact that in terms of modernising your energy supply and lowering your costs, mm. you know, if you're a commercial industrial user of electricity. Uh, actually, the decarbonisation impact is a, a byproduct, even a side effect of it. It doesn't. Yeah. I mean, to me, it should be a primary drug, but it doesn't actually have to be. You no. know. No, I mean, all. talking with um, an analyst from IHS Market earlier on, he was saying that you're seeing commercial industrial customers getting their solar and storage solutions. Yeah. And you know, you say to him, so is that typically at a lower cost? Or, you know, um, and he was saying, yes, seen. it generally is, yeah. apparently, right? So, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So we look forward to seeing that yeah. really kind of coming on in leaps and bounds. Um, and, yeah, it's been really, for me, it's been a fascinating show. Yeah, and, definitely. Uh, yeah. So if you had one or two things to wrap up, what would they yeah. be? Right, well, so 
it's always hard to, to do it in a soundbite, but yeah, we're looking at markets and markets and markets. So you've got- So markets. Markets, but. essentially, yeah, <laughs> and markets and providers. So for example, you've got big Chinese battery manufacturers here for the first time. Sure. The likes of Samsung SDI, which is supplying cells, has now become a fixture on the uh, show circuit. Yeah, and, and I mean, actually, in terms of some of the geographical markets, um, within and outside Europe, there's a lot of, some surprising ones. So. Italy, Germany, the likes of those are maturing as might be expected, but in fact, Poland, Czech Republic could come along before too long, sure. you know. And to the wider world, obviously, you know, from our coverage on our various channels and magazines, there's, you know, um, a lot to be said for markets all around the world. Yeah. And like even Japan that enjoyed a huge solar boom uh, from, you know, around mid the late 2010s, or no, sorry, <laughs> from around, you know, 2009 when the feed-in tariff began and 2012 when the feed-in tariffs went, went yeah. up significantly. Um, you know, an analyst from Japan, uh, RTSPV, was telling me today that people think that with the fall of the feed-in tariff is going to bring an end of solar. Yeah. It's not. The combination with storage will actually continue that train of thought. You know? Yeah, definitely. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, that's me pretty much. Done, I think, yeah. You know, but, but from your point of view, Liam, what's well, your, you, yeah. Just to build on that mention of sure. the, the, these falling feeding tariffs is something that we're seeing happen across the world. The um, UK feeding tariff um, slammed shut um, at the end of March. Right. Um, tariffs are falling across the across the world now, right. um, but it's not stopping so there at all. Sure. Uh, sure. It, it's, it's only making the actual development and deployment mm -hmm. a little bit smarter, sure. and that, that can only be a good thing for the industry going forward. Um, and then probably that. The, the fact, the point that I, I would like to close on is really how much new and interesting and associated technologies we're seeing here. It's not it, it's not just a solar show anymore. We've got I had a chat with ABB about um, a really really interesting project that they've got using blockchain, um, and one thing that they were really really quick to to stress and really wanted to um, emphasise is that yeah you've got these buzzwords like blockchain, AI, augmented reality, all of that kind of stuff. Uh -huh. And it's, it's not just a, a buzzword now, it's something that is really tangible and having that significant impact on deployment. So all of these technologies mm -hmm. um, are just managing to cut through a lot of the crap right. and actually get to, to deploy. Ooh, so you heard it here, thing. folks. Blockchain is actually real. It's actually a thing. <laughs> it's actually a thing now. <laughs> so um, I think that's about enough from, from me and Andy. Thank you very much for watching. Um, you can see all of the coverage uh, from Intersolar 2019 across um, all of our channels. So PVTech, probably the most known, Solar Power Portal for the UK market, Energy Storage News for Energy Storage News, and uh, our newest publication, Current, which is looking at things a bit more smarter. Make sure to uh, pick up PVTech Power.